you play to win the game. It's always soccer in Philadelphia with the late, great Etta James, who sang, at last, the Philadelphia Union have won a playoff game. I'm Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broad. We've got Baxter the dog in the studio, and he's being petted right now by a guy who did not want to be left out of the first ever playoff win podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the program. Live in the studio is Dave Zeitler. Yes, I drove in the dark, in the rain, two fish down, really hard parallel parking job, took 20 turns, but... The Union only make the playoffs, only win a playoff game once every decade. <laughs> it could be the last time in 10 years. That's right. You never so I know, had to come. You never know when it's going to happen again or if it's going to be happening or if it's ever going to happen again. But it did. And, uh, you know, I um, I have to ask I, the question I think that everybody has to ask themselves is where were you? <laughs> when the Philadelphia Union won their first playoff game. I was in a plane somewhere over Arkansas. You, nice. Dave, Zeitler, was... we, can, we, can, we can talk more about that in a little bit, but uh, you, Dave Zeitler, actually... I, mean, I kind of want to hear the plain Arkansas thing, but yeah, I oh, guess I can start. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm not covering anymore. I kind of wanted to, but there was really no place. We, we can get it into that later, but no like outlet to cover it for. So I decided to... <laughs> 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 decided to uh, take my six-year-old in the rain and uh, and my friend and uh, his two kids, a couple of kindergartners. He didn't want to go at first when I told him it was going to be raining. Yeah. So we got him in his boots, his hat, his jacket, his poncho, and I went. And he was actually really into it a lot more than the last time in the atmosphere where we were sitting. We were sitting in the section next to the uh, Red Bull fans, and it was just oh, okay. incredible atmosphere. So uh, River End, Cross the Gap. Red Bull fans. Yeah. Then you were in the next one next over. Next one over. There were okay. a lot of Red Bull fans where we were sitting. But they uh, did look like there was a lot of them. They, just, you could hear them on TV too. Yeah, I mean, for, I think yeah. if you don't know, if you don't know anything about soccer, you might think it's like a minor league baseball type crowd. It's like people go with their families. But I yeah. mean, and this crowd was just. And I'm not in the crowd that much, so I know it's pr- probably always like this. But they were just so like locked in the entire game. Like anything that happened on their feet at once calling for handballs chanting ref you suck my kid was <laughs> definitely heard a lot of ref you suck that came through. Yeah, that my came son through. was chanting go back to new jersey on his way oh, out he got, he, got him, he got him down go so, back yeah. to new yeah. jersey yeah. Yeah. he liked that one yeah. he was pointing out the sons of ben like not wearing shirts he thought that was pretty funny he thought that was funny too, um yeah. but yeah i mean just like probably the, i mean people have said it was the best atmosphere it's weird for me because i've only been in the crowd two or three times ever because i've always been in a press box and you don't yeah you see it from the press box but you don't really feel it right you can't really live yeah. yeah it's hard to like get that well and when we even if we go like i would go sit in the crowd for like five minutes at a time because like i would go out on halftime or something like somebody would say hey i'm at the game are you here and like inevitably i'd go down halftime to go try to like find that person and say hey to him over sometimes i would just sit there for like five minutes and watch the game from the crowd but like we're approaching it from like a watch and analyze you know from a tactical standpoint write down notes look for storylines and things like that there's a different way of consuming the game entirely when you're sitting in the crowd and watching it as a fan you got your kid there too but just it seemed like I mean, it just felt like, yeah, it did feel like people were like just kind of dialed yeah, everyone, in. You know? I mean, everyone was dialed in. No one was leaving during the game. The concourses during action, completely empty, um, which is what it should be, right, for for a playoff game. But yeah. it, was, it was nice to see that. And, I mean, it is it is a nice reminder to tell you 
where soccer is going. We've talked about the, the, the immediate disconnect before where <laughs> yeah. some editors, some radio people just don't think it's as big as it is. But if you were in that stadium, it was the biggest thing in the world. It like, felt, I know, felt as big as it, any, it felt, it felt huge. Yeah. And, I, and I know the Eagles played that night and everything, but this, this was, this felt so big and, and it just really meant a lot. And I mean, I wish I was covering it still in some ways, but I mean, just being there in the crowd with my son was, uh, was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an awesome experience. Um, it sounded great on TV. Uh, I, if, if anybody was following along on Twitter knows that I had a debacle of a, of a travel day. Yeah, tell us. Well, I'll start from the beginning. Well, so we went at, my dad and I went out to Oklahoma city on Thursday night because we started this new tradition where, uh, we try when West Virginia joined the big 12, you know, playing all these schools that, yeah, we, we never would see otherwise, you know, we right. ge- geographically are not connected to Texas and Kansas state and Oklahoma and OSU and Iowa state and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, why don't we t- every year, why don't we just take a weekend and we'll go to a different big 12 road game, see all the campuses, see all the different cities and stuff like that. So we did Austin last year and did Oklahoma city this year. So we went into Oklahoma city on Thursday, went to OKC Friday, went to Norman on Saturday, I'm supposed to fly out at five 30 um, from OKC on Sunday morning. Cause I wanted to get back, you know, take the kid back from my wife so she didn't have to watch cami all day again um the union were at three the and i had the eagles game too that yeah. i had to write off of at eight o'clock i'm like oh, i'll get back early whatever so we get to the airport and uh, the lady's like uh we can't find your tickets do you have proof that you've Came came here on the first leg of the round trip. They're I'm like, like, well, what kind of? How are you sure you came for a West Virginia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, game? Come, that, that well, doesn't really line up. <laughs> she's like, she's like, did you fly here? I'm like, yeah, yeah. How the hell else? <laughs> how, how do you think I got here? You know. So they like lost our tickets. They couldn't find the reservation or something. Blah blah blah. And they finally just handed us a thing that said, "All right, um, we're gonna get you on a flight out of here at four o'clock to Dallas, and then Dallas seven o'clock to Philly. You'll be home. You'll be back in Philadelphia at eleven o'clock at night." And I'm looking at my, I look down at my watch. It's five thirty in the morning. I'm like, I can't, like that's like twelve, blah, 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 like fifteen hours from now or something. Yeah. Like I can't do that. So we sat there in the airport, like trying to figure it out and trying to get like a different flight for like an hour. And then I looked at uh, Dallas. Um, like Dallas is an American hub. American Airlines is fucking terrible. So I looked at Dallas. I'm like, okay, they they got a lot of flights out to Philly here. So why don't we just get a rental car, drive from Oklahoma City to Dallas three hours, and we'll catch nice. an early flight out of here. So we did that. But the problem is we were supposed to fly out of Dallas at 2.50, which would have been like in the middle of the Union game, like right, kind of right when it started, first half probably. Uh, but the flight got delayed. So I sat there and like TGI Fridays asked the dude at the Dallas airport to put the Union Red Bull game on. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, what is it? Yeah, they couldn't. Of course, it took him like 10 minutes to find it. On the drive from Oklahoma City to Dallas, how many um, Union fans and signs did you say on the highway? Was <laughs> it just uh, covered? Too many to count. Yeah, too many to count. There's actually nothing from yeah. Oklahoma City. <laughs> Oklahoma City to Dallas is probably the most boring drive I've ever done. They made Iowa uh, look like a metropolis, but... So, I mean, so to get get to the whole point here, I, I they they had the volume, whatever game, they had a football game on because the NFL was going on at the same time. And uh, so they left the volume on on that TV. And so I'm sitting there watching the Union game in the TGI Fridays in the Dallas airport with the, with the volume up. And I could hear the crowd, like, while people are walking behind me back and forth yeah, in the airport yeah. while the bartenders are kind of shuffling around and doing their stuff. I could hear the the union crowd talent rocking and rolling on tv with a bunch of other crap going on around me and the tv was like 15 feet away from me because i'm yeah. sitting at the bar looking up looking up at it on the thing but it just sounded great man. at least you could see it didn't you you heard the whole thing with that comcast people in in the, Philly, which is so frustrating <laughs> and it's a good thing i went like there is God. there was a moment where i was considering not going taking my kid 
in the rain. I'm like, we'll just watch at home. I'll show them everything. It'll yeah. be fine. But uh, we wouldn't be able to get the game. But so it was, Comcast so, subscribers. So the issue was just so it was just a local issue with Comcast. But people, people up here who had Fios. Apparently, were people with Fios were fine. So it was on FS1. But if you had Comcast, it was it was cutting in and out a lot. And uh, I mean, Gosh, I, I think you, you I think you could still watch it. Uh, you know, if you had your like uh, login on your like app or your phone. Yeah. Or so it was just it was just the was HD just the, channel. Yeah, I guess, like some people the were Comcast box. I guess. Standard. Yeah. God. Well, that's that seems like that's brutal. So. I had to get on the plane at halftime. Um, of course, we were kind of slow getting off the tarmac. So I'm sitting on the very, because we had the, the flight change, I'm sitting in the very end of the plane, like seat 36D, just <laughs> refreshing Twitter like as much as yeah, I possibly yeah. could to try to get updates because I couldn't get, I couldn't stream anything in there. Um, and then we finally took off. Uh, I think when we when the plane took off, it was when the first uh, extra time started. Yeah. So there's like a 20-minute delay before they turned the plane wi-fi on so i buy the like shitty 12 dollar plane wi-fi and i'm like on tannenwald and de george like re- <laughs> refresh <laughs> feature and like they got the little thing the little monitor on there that shows you where in the country the plane is and i think i was over like tennessee or arkansas and you probably or couldn't like watch that. it like a stream right well, remember, the wi-fi is like too crappy yeah to i remember i was anyway. on a plane once yeah. for the world women's world cup final like like five years ago and I was hoping to stream the yeah. second half and I couldn't. So I bought the Wi-Fi, and I was doing the same thing. I was just like following tweets, but so, they're, they're up big anyway. So all anybody has to know is that I was living vicariously through uh, everybody Tannen else's Twitter. Tannenwald and George. You're, li- and you're living life on that plane. I know, man. I felt like Alexi Lawless. Like I'm at, I'm 36,000 feet in there. Ask me anything. Yeah. You know? But uh, I got, I got to rewatch the second half. There. You're not the only person on a plane who's refreshing <laughs> Jonathan Tannenwald's Twitter. They were all doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so uh, that was but my, the other thing from there. the stadium is you you might have felt this too just watching but it, even when they were down 3-1 and 2 nothing, it never felt like that's so union like did, they're he, blow did, this did game. it get silent like or did no you get not really like and like out? people I, I think that second goal early in the second half helped but the crowd was fired up the play it didn't seem like the union were like uh, giving up it didn't feel like past union games where they blew leads and that was it they something just was different. Did, did, something just felt different i never felt they're gonna lose it definitely never felt like once they tied it 3-3 i was like 100 percent sure they were gonna win which is yeah, crazy because yeah. you remember big games in the past when they they played well in the open cup finals at home against they seattle did. and sporting kansas city but you yeah. never really felt they were going to win those games no they just even pks ran. versus skc you're like oh this is gonna suck they're yeah. gonna lose this somehow yeah. but it just felt different even if they went to pks i, I felt like they were gonna win which might have been the wrong assumption since andre blake had like the worst game of his oh, life god but, i know uh, i was sitting there thinking like yeah if this goes to penalties holy shit did they do the, did do they, the sub bring in call john mccarthy from uh where's he tampa <laughs> the pk special lord helmet yeah get lord helmet he had a nice tweet though did you see that he's like no, john mccarthy's like i got chills this is so great oh that's cool yeah it just means a lot even people know yeah even people no longer on the team i mean you got the sense this like really felt well it meant something to the yeah, you know, like you got the sense that it just you you felt the 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 the, um, the magnitude of like the entire like union community. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here thinking like Jim was you know that statistic that I kept like falling back on. Jim, you know, oh well, they were 0 and 4 in the playoffs. He lost two of those games. They were 0 and 3 in the U.S. Open Cup final. He lost all three of those. Can you imagine like how big the monkey on his back yeah. probably felt when he when he won that game <clears throat> the other day? It was probably like taking king kong off of your shoulders and yeah. like just throwing him into the delaware yeah. river that's how that, big the monkey the monkey the on one fabian goal goes from mm. the narratives change so dramatically to jim Curtin can't win 
a big game like yeah. ryan bright said he's like the uh, dusty baker of like mls or something <laughs> oh, he's like yeah. can't win open cups can't win the playoffs and now i mean you look at jim Curtin. like what other coach would you rather have he's like one of the hottest coaches in the I league i know it just shows how game. much yeah. it's just about us talking to to ralph about last week on the when we previewed this but it was such a razor thin margin for a win or loss you know because the loss you're like jim Curtin can't get over the hump they cannot whatever yeah. you know and and the, you know the other side of the coin is here we are here you are driving over to fishtown at night at night you yeah know? <laughs> no it's like yeah like <laughs> after we, leaving the podcast yeah. a year ago you know and like we like, both yeah. don't really cover the team we've become i don't want to say fans i mean especially uh, since you're in the media i mean but like we I, well, like yeah, like yeah. we like jim Curtin. like we're happy for him we're yeah. also happy for all the union people that we know behind the scenes like yeah. who aren't even working there anymore the P, all the pr people we've gotten to know i mean yeah they, yeah they've all been a part of this thing yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't consider myself like a quote-unquote fan because i don't go down to the games i don't have tickets or anything but i certainly want them to win yeah you know so it's kind of like that detached like i mean look i'm the, as, as everybody knows like we were all like interested in trying to help soccer and help the team get bigger and better i hope that along the way we covered them fairly um but yeah i mean there's always kind of like you know you're a fan of the sport or you want to see you know them actually get the recognition of the other teams yeah. so i guess we all were kind of like fans whether we wanted right. whether we were and not, like as know? i said before like we've gotten to know the fans and, and the people who work for the club like yeah. this win is for uh amy cicero this win is for you. Kareth gabriel Kareth and gabriel chris for winkler winkler and, Glenn, and this is for uh, <laughs> judah levine christina yeah, is anyone listening if any <laughs> yeah, shout out yeah this is like we're at an oscars it's team. gonna be like, sad oh, when uh, no one gets back to us they're really. gonna play us we're, by the time we list everybody that quit the philadelphia yeah. union and got fired they would start playing the music yeah. and we would and we would be uh pulled off the stage i don't even know the current pr people barely anymore but schwepp Schwep left, left and yeah Botiford Bot- left Botiford's and Erica, there, yeah. yeah the body um he's gone okay so let's just go through some games thoughts here i'm just going to read off a list and then uh add some comments whatever you want to jump in on sure, you can jump in sure, on yeah. um the first goal um <clears throat> jack elliott bad bad clear tried to try to clear the ball from a tight spot couldn't get it out and then uh andre blake with a howler i, I just like that seen him make seen him make that yeah, save like that wasn't a howl yeah but that was like yeah I think you said that you've seen him make that save. Like that's I think the by kind of his, play by his elite standards. Maybe you could say it's a howler. Well, I mean the set, the third goal was worse, right? When he just kind of cleared it right the into the par- yeah. Well, when he collided with Mark McKenzie and tried to yeah. parry. I got an Andre Blake theory, and you tell me if this is stupid or not. I feel like there was a kind of a narrative that was being built up against him, like maybe two years ago, saying that he was making routine saves look dramatic. Remember hearing that at all? Like it was um, sort of slowly like bubbling a little bit. Like he would make he would make these crazy looking dives mm. on on balls that like he probably just could have parried out. This feels like a good like WIP like hot take <laughs> caller. Like Andre Blake sucks. Does he have a even, flair even for, when he was does he good. have a flair for the dramatic? He's a hot dog. But here's he likes a, to dive. Here's so here's I'm I'm using that to link to my real point here, which is to say that. I feel like he's better when he's kind of at like full stretch or making like harder saves. Yeah, that's true. You know, true. there's like a difference, I think, when the ball is like five feet to his left versus when the ball is like four feet to his left, you know, because that mm-hmm. extra extension, like for a guy who's as lanky as he is to kind of sell out and make the dramatic like push and like go all out to save the ball, it feels different than just like more of a simple like it's three or four yards to the right. Just make the routine. Yeah. See, I don't, I just feel, I guess the, I don't know how to describe yeah, no, it. I, I can see that the two things I'd say to, I guess, counter that would be, he does make good, like, um, reflex saves where it's like right in front of him and he, 
he does have to move and then yeah. also on pks i feel like he's not that good so like the sprawling save i feel like he's he's never quite able to make on it's interesting like to me. I, just, PKs, so. I don't know why but, yeah, he's I had i don't know why he had a down year yeah I, I, maybe he's just there you know could he come out with a mystery injury maybe at the end of the year after the gold cup last year maybe there was you know with the hand maybe there's just something that doesn't maybe feel he just right with hates him. joe bendick and just, as soon as he got here he's like <laughs> fuck this guy <laughs> Wait, that wouldn't make sense. Oh, well, yeah. Terrible theory. Um, Second thought. Um, Andrew Vooten like really didn't do too much for me. I think Terrible. He's, he's very deferential. Like uh, his first, he he. You don't he, know. He receives. You didn't, you didn't notice him in the first half. You're no. like, oh, you're like I saw he's, him once. I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's, he's, he's playing striker. He had the one shot that was that was deflected, and then the other shot that was def- or blocked, and then the other shot that was blocked. He, and that he's like, a half step, half step too slow. Vooten receives the ball, and he's facing back to goal. And his first thought is just to play it back to somebody. Like at least Shabil, and that, and he's a good hold up man. I think he's got good target man qualities. But Shabilka will like get the ball, and, like yeah. turn. And like hold and wait for people to kind of come up, and he'll do a little dribbling and stuff yeah. like that. But Vooten is like conditioned. I got the ball. I got to get rid of it yeah. backwards right now. It's like the yeah. yeah. Well, I think those were the only two guys who were not good, right? Blake and Vooten. Like, <laughs> everyone else Probably had great games, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second goal, um, yeah, Andre. Then that was the set piece where he comes out and he he just flaps at it and he totally misses and it goes yeah. over his head. Um, I don't really know. I don't got much else to say about that one. Um, Bedoya's goal, the first one that they pulled back. Um, I hope that everybody appreciates how hard that is to do because uh, you're thinking it's wet. It's kind of crappy. There's a ball that's being floated over the other end of the field. It goes like over a clump of bodies kind of, so you're not necessarily expecting for it to land to you. It sits up like that. He hits it flush off the half volley and makes it look effortless. Yeah. First of all, just to get clean contact with your laces on a half volley yeah. when it's wet out, it's hard enough as it is. Um the second thing is when you have, I mean, you know that when the ball is bouncing across you to your strong foot, like I'm sitting here, like if, you were, if you're sitting down listening to this podcast right now, you're driving in your car or something like that, you touch your right uh, knee and then you touch your left knee and think the ball is coming, figure the ball is coming from left to right, right, and you're right-footed. So you got to wait for that ball to come across your body to get it onto your strong right foot before you turn and hit. Yeah. So, you know, you got to open your hips. You got to turn and face. It's not like when the ball's coming from the other side, I can just kind of step into it and hit it with the out with the outside leg. Like you have to wait for it to pass the outside leg, come to the inside leg. He hits it down with his laces flush when it's wet out, but he made it look so yeah, easy. That's really, really, really hard. Yeah. To do. And yeah. that was the goal early in the second half, right? That made it two one. Yeah. Uh, well, it was in the first half. Oh, it was. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, because it was two to it was two to one. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I mean, more broadly, I mean, to score that goal to to give the team life to play as well as he did that um, was huge, man. Because it was two after the injury. I mean, that was like yeah. a Ring of Honor type performance. I think Matt said. I mean, it's uh, he just showed a lot. He told you like what he does as a captain and this is all the cliches it was there, such a, it but was i mean such a, it was a it was a ball it was a ballsy a blue gritty co- blue philly collar, tough blue right collar he's philly tough ali badoya well it's funny because the juxtaposition like you got you go see like how shitty the eagles played that night and you're like sitting here thinking i'm like well i can't do yeah. another like eagles take because i'm gonna piss off my like um eagles follow a union take because i'm gonna piss off my eagles followers but like the union showed like 10 times the amount that of, should like, have been heart. your post <laughs> I just I, it's very fragile with the Eagles. Be like, fans, it, like if Ali Bedoya your... played for the Eagles, he, he would have dove for that ball that Aguilar didn't die for. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, or or if he was playing quarterback, every all of his teammates would like him or something. Yeah. You know, Ray um, Gaddis at cornerback would solve the Eagles' woes. That's right, Gaddis Island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Brendan Aronson, I, yeah, I just, I get, again, I think he just gets in these spots where he puts himself in good spots, kind of tight quarters, and then he just can't make that final pass or get the final ball, the final shot off. There's one sequence where I thought he would have scored if he hit that ball first time that came across into the box, but he took a touch. Center back recovered, blocked it, fell to Vooten. He took a shot, it was blocked. Fell to Sergio Santos. He hit right. a shot, and it was blocked. Like, Aronson, I just, I like, I just don't think he's there quite yet. Um, <clears throat> How about the penalty? Did you think it was a penalty on the on it, Tim Parker? Kind of hard to see where I was um, in the stands. What it, I mean, was he on the far? What did that happen well, on the far I end? I think that might have been the far. I'm trying to remember which. Yeah, I think that was on the far end for me at that point in the game. But um, yeah, it looked like there are a couple times in the games where there's a handball. I mean, I didn't really see like replays that well. But I just there don't know been why two. they didn't. Did you ever see an explanation like or uh, yeah. why they didn't go to VAR on on no. on any of that <laughs> there, stuff? There's one guy in front of me who. Was chan- he was chanting for the um, Eagles the whole game. Like He, he was a good Union fan, but yeah. he, he was younger, kind of like a meathead type fan, okay. chanting for the Eagles. And then he turned around at one point to explain to me that they are as V... Like he was telling me like what VAR is. I'm like, I, I know. Was this just unsolicited? No, like, it was like just... I was asking why the crowd was chanting VAR for a certain play in the second half. It was, they wanted them to check because uh, Robles pulled down. I think. Oh, when he fa- grabbed when Pico he grabbed by the Fafa, arm. Yeah. yeah, he grabbed him by the and arm. I was and then just, he let I, him go. I, I wasn't sure what they wanted VAR for. At Could that you point. like see what was going on? on I mean, on I it? saw it, but oh. I was. I just asked my friend it. And this guy turned around. He's like, "VAR is, is a new, is an MLS thing where they can review plays." <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks, I was, asshole. Like, I, yeah. I was like, "I've really fallen far from yeah. my press box." So. Yeah. You used to be an expert. <laughs> used to be a beat writer. Now, now, now you, getting explained to now VAR by Eagles head. fans. Now you've got a meathead explaining <laughs> explaining to you at video yeah. reviews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The third goal with Blake we talked about already. Um, yeah. Jack Elliott's goal, the second goal, um, this is a really good flick from Sergio Santos. You know, it's hard to like crane your neck like that when you're on the near post and the ball's played behind you. All you can really do is kind of like, uh, well, this is not a visual medium. I'm like, I'm craning, <laughs> I'm craning my neck and I'm like leaning back. But I'll when, take a photo and then tweet it. It's very awkward. Yeah. Um, but the point being is that you lose all the power. You can't generate any power when you're leaning, you know, when you're leaning your head back like that. For, for, so for him to just be in a, a, enough of a position where he could just get enough power on that still to hit it off the crossbar. Um, for how about, fall right there, how about Jack Elliott's season though, man? Crazy. Great season, man. Great season. It's just crazy to me. Fourth to round pick. It's a fourth round pick. Um, that two, that 50% of the union back line is like West Virginia, that's, draft draft pick. That's pretty like, really funny. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's two. It's a second round draft pick, like journeyman kind of guy, yeah. right? It's a fourth round draft pick. Yeah. It's a homegrown. Gat has played great too. I'll give him credit. He was, he and, was really good. Yeah. And and Mark McKenzie, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. He was just. He really has that like star quality. Like he was pumping up the crowd before extra time. He and does. He this only guy, had this, like this guy has something, man. He's, he had yeah. like one. Yeah. He only had like one or two hairy moments. I yeah. thought there was the one where I think he thought the ball was going out of bounds and uh, it kind of helped up on him and so they turned it over but yeah he just he looked pretty um i thought it was pretty calm i thought for the most yeah. part you know he's and he was up yeah he was up for this and then the four so you got a, you got two west virginia draft late round draft picks you got a homegrown teen uh well he's not a teenager anymore you got a 20, homegrown player 20? and then you got a guy who they plucked german. from the third of it third german third <laughs> division i'm like if you told me about that on paper we're sitting here thinking it's like and, another typical union and now they're going up against the star studded offense on the road well it reminds me i know well it reminds me kind of like when the 20 the 2014 defense it was like two right backs a midfielder and a striker remember because oh, yeah. it was a moby and aaron wheeler 
yeah, and then yeah. it was Gad- Gaddis and Williams. So they is made it. it they isn't, made that their, got, isn't that what got John Ackworth fired? The they Aaron made their, Wheeler at center back. They made their back for a striker, a midfielder, and two right, two right. And that was backs. the year when they brought in actually good midfielders in the offseason. And they did Moa Dube, Vince Nogueira, yeah. Christian Maidana. Yeah. It could have been a good team. And then they they forgot. They're like, oh yeah, defense. <laughs> they um, Fafa Pico was great when he came on. Oh, yeah, it was just a, it was just a perfect Th- game. That was for, just a great Fafa moment. Just like soaring into the box, jumping over everyone, jumping over his center back. Yeah. And just like put, you know, just hitting that perfectly where yeah, the guy the, just yeah. colli- where you, the guy just like crumples underneath you. But I, I yeah, that was, moment was huge in the stadium. I thought it was a good game, a, a good game for him to come in because it just, you know, again, I think they were at their best this year. You know, we can sit here arguing about whether they were better in four four two or whether whether they were better in four two three one. But arguably, their best success was when they started yeah. in four four two, and then With they Fafa, switched yeah. Yeah. to four two three one because it's just more. It's that's more your your subs are more built for that shift in the formation you know like if if, you, if we're going to say that pico and el senior are better off the bench then natural and naturally they're four two three one wingers then you know nat- naturally you're going to go four four two to four two three one right has, instead of instead has of there the, ever been a, a team that could bring in caliber players of el senior fafa and fabian off, off, off the bench, the bench in yeah. team history. No, there's, and that there's was never always, been there's oh never God. been three better subs. I feel like right. You remember some of those benches, Offensive. man? I know. When we were covering the covering yeah, the team, the, the, the Open Cup final benches. It was like it was uh, uh, Pedro Ribeiro, Pedro Ribeiro yeah. was the striker. Um, <laughs> Brian well, Brown was in, uh, Brian Brian Brown, and then you had like Craval and like. Um, you know, like another defensive midfielder on there. Yeah, maybe but, maybe like Danny Cruz if he wasn't starting, but there wasn't yeah. much. Yeah, there just wasn't a lot of were you, a lot of juice. So I guess you weren't really watching, but in the stadium, I kept saying, "When are they going to bring in Fabian?" Because it was extra time. Yeah. it was ten minutes in extra time. I'm like, if you're not going to play him now, you're the most expensive you player play? ever. Did you? Were were people getting like antsy about that? Did I mean, say- I was talking to people like around me, and I mentioned like you want him in the game, especially if it goes to like a shootout, is he's a pretty good PK taker and. Yeah. And some kid behind me, he was like eight or nine years old. He's like, "Oh yeah, he's he's good at PKs." I'm like, "This this crowd is legit." Man. So you got an Eagles. Fan yeah, I got Eagles fans in front of me who are who are talking about VAR. The kids behind me talking so about Fabian. It's the same before. These guys are locked in. Everybody in in the stadium. Props to my section. One thirty. Is it um one or nine? <laughs> Whatever section it was. I need your clarification on something. I came out earlier in the season and I was I was pushing hard for Sergio Santos and I, my take on the podcast was like I see something in this dude. I see that he's got a nose for goal. I see he's got some kind of bulldog quality in him. He's kind of like a downhill kind of like you know, I'm going to get I'm going to attack the goal kind of mentality. And then he had a couple disappointing games and then I walked my take back and I said that Sergio Santos um, has kind of let me down and like, I'm not high on him anymore. Yeah. So now he was excellent on Sunday. Yeah, do I, I like get, him. do yeah, I get a no. mulligan on my take? I mean, you can't keep going back and forth on Sergio Santos. Just pick flip-flop. a, he, he's your guy. Just stay with <laughs> my him. first hunch. I should have stayed with my now first Now you learn, hunch. learn your lesson. Cause Never when he, your guy. when, uh, yeah, cause when Vooten came off and he played at the top by himself, yeah, man, yeah. he was, he worked he hard. He was bulldog yeah, people, yeah. man. He worked hard. This was like, uh, you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to, um, to the union's like sports science and fitness staff. Cause that's a game where like, you could tell that they just like their conditioning and their it, yeah. preparation yep. and their ability to just keep running and running into minute 85, no, 90, the end of regulation. Yeah. I mean, I, people just like dropped down in a heap, like they were exhausted, but they like <laughs> got that little break and they fought through and, 
should we talk about that Fabian goal? From it was like right in front Dude. of me, literally, and I thought I was like, oh my god, that's the most amazing goal I've ever seen. But I'm gonna go. I I'm, couldn't tell at first it was deflected. I'm well, like, listen, he just planned to shoot that. I'm gonna go Negadelphia on that goal actually okay. because uh, I feel like everybody's like blowing sunshine up Marco Fabian's ass, but it was a, it was, it was a deflected <laughs> cross, which I didn't realize at the time. Okay. It, it, it looked like a beautiful, like cheeky little shot that like totally fooled. Yeah, Robles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess if you're looking Let's get for to a Robles too, like he made two other yeah. monster saves. Well, the near, so. the near, yeah, the near post one where he just stuck incredible. his hand out yeah. and got it on on Pico. Um, but the Fabian thing, I mean, yeah, Ralph and I were talking about last week about how you just don't want to. How can you go through a playoff game without giving without putting him on the field at all? Like that's something that you don't want to do to no. yourself. Yeah. So I mean, just the fact that. Look, with that, when you play those like lumped kind of chunk crosses that go too far, and somebody collects it on the back post, like those are those are kind of hard to handle, hard to corral for him to bring it down, just kind of get it to his right foot, uh, and just try to put something in there. I give him credit for that. Sure, I just it's like I'm not gonna sit here banging the like Marco Fabian is redeemed drum <laughs> because like it was a deflected. Was cross that exactly Panhol's headline? It was like no, but Marco John Fabian was... silenced the critics once and for all. Well, John was pushing that, and I, I, his take, his his narrative with that is not wrong because we all know that he's a talented dude. But I think if you're going to compartmentalize it to like one, you know, if you're going to parse it down to one deflected goal that like somehow found the top Baxter, what's your problem, dude? Trying to get out of here. Um, if you're gonna like parse it down to one uh, deflected cross on the thing, I don't think that's <laughs> something that like adjudicates you from. Thank you. I think he's a legend. Baxter's for... Baxter's leaving the room right now. I think Fabian's a legend for taking someone's phone after a goal <laughs> that he didn't score and didn't count. <laughs> imagine if imagine if they came down oh and scored yeah. Red Bulls while Fabian's taking <laughs> a selfie on a goal he didn't score and didn't count. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, let me see if I got any other notes in here. Um, yeah, Robles a couple crazy saves. Uh, what I said the sports science thing there. I wrote down Ray Gaddis really good. The fullbacks are <laughs> really good. That's were. but you know what? That's like Ray's kind of game too, yeah. where it's just kind. Kind of like a, um, it's wet, it's crappy out. Like I need some, like you know, touches are going to be a little bit loose for him to just kind of hound people. He had a couple, a couple sequences where he was just like up in people's faces, not yeah. letting them turn and whatnot. And Kai Wagner looked good too, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal for guys like Ray. I mean, he's been around for th- three different managers. What, what was his first year? Twenty twelve. Peter I mean, Novak, to, finally, man. to finally win a playoff game. I mean, he's the longest tenured player. That means a ton. Yeah, he would have played. If I was still a working soccer journalist, that would, that would be one of my angles. <laughs> so who were the so the the guys who were on the team who lost the twenty sixteen playoff game and the twenty eighteen playoff game would have been Gaddis, Bedoya. Bedoya. Um, you're putting me on the spot, Blake. Andre Blake. Creval, uh, Warren Creval. Senior. Ilsenia was on that team, yeah. Um, that's I think that's it, right? So there's four, there's four guys who would have. There's probably more. It could have been more. Sure, I'll I'll take it on to the next thing here. So just just quickly on Atlanta, I don't really have much to say. But I don't want to do like a huge Atlanta preview or whatever. I think they got a chance, man. Because if you're looking at no Michael Parkhurst, uh, as of as of public of uh, you don't publish a podcast, do you? Yeah, you publish a podcast. So as of publication. <laughs> Do I post it? Do what I publish it? What is it? Wait, uh, is this how, are people actually listening to this? By the time you listen to this, uh, as as of record, I'll say this: as of recording, uh, no Miles Robinson either. I think Frank DeBoer came out and said that uh, he it would it would be a miracle for him to play on Thursday or something like that. So I think what they would probably do in the back is if, if they probably play three man and they would go uh, Escobar, uh, Leandro Gonzalez, Perez, and they go with uh, Pogba, uh, the other Pogba. So. Um, 
I mean, the Union have played Atlanta tough recently. They beat them up here. They got a 1-1 draw down there. Fabinho. That's another one, right? Oh, yeah. I guess Fabi so, still counts, so, too. So, so 2016 roster guys are still there. Fabinho, Gaddis, Trusty. <laughs> uh, but Austin didn't play that year, did he? I think he wasn't he on the. Team? Did he sign like at the he, very end? Yeah, or I think something? he was on the Ross. I think he actually made the eighteen or something. That oh, okay, but what, didn't they send him to Steel? Didn't Senio, they sign yeah, the contract? Yeah, Del okay. Senio, um, and yeah, uh, Bedoya, like we said, and Carval Blake. Yeah. Um, yeah, not many. So yeah, I mean it's kind of short turnaround to Atlanta. Atlanta played on Saturday, so they get the extra day of rest and they're playing at home. But I mean, um, I think there's I think there's two narratives you can look at. The first is the Union kind of shot their load at the greatest moment in franchise history. They're, yeah, is they that to- they, like are they, they totally ran left? themselves ragged? Yeah. Now they have to go to a go on the road and travel, and this is like a really tough spot against the defending champs and. And all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, and then the other narratives, you know, like maybe they just needed that first win to get the monkey off the back. Like Jim said, they're playing, they're playing with house money, like nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. They'll be loose, and uh, once they win that game, I mean, they're as good as anyone. You could say they can make a little like uh, upset. You could pull, well, you could pull the upset type run. Yeah, so you could, Cinderella. I mean, you could, you could go Philadelphia Eagles route, and you could pull the, un, the underdog right. card if you want to play that. So, uh, which narrative do you like better, first or uh, second? Well, I hate the <laughs> underdog thing for the, e- the Eagles because I'm so sick of it. But uh, either way, the Union are justified. The so. Union, should, you, but you know, honestly, man, like I think the Union are doing themselves a disservice if they play the underdog card. And I don't think they will, but. You know, they've played Atlanta tough, man. They've gone yeah. toe-to-toe with Atlanta the last couple of times they've played. The, they I just don't never know. win there in that stadium, right? God, I just don't know how, many, how what your legs are like. You have to play in 120 on right. a Sunday with with my, with a 24-hour difference between the rain, rest. like and, and, and they went they all tra- out, like you said. Like, I know. They're exhausted. So I'm trying to think, like, if they got – so their regeneration day. So they got done playing on uh, Sunday at – 536 yeah. 536 so they Regen Monday practice Tuesday Regen Monday they flew out today Char- today's chartered today. today's Tuesday yeah. charter flight by the way I don't really know I know Tannerwald said that I, I think the charter rules when, when he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago the charter uh, rules are different pay. in the playoffs I, I think Tannerwald said that the league might pay for it in the playoffs I'm okay. not sure yeah okay so this is not a Sugarman redemption but it's still great that they're yeah chartering it's a short flight but they're chartering. not on the charter joe tanzi matt to george but they are flying to atlanta to cover this team so props they to them are. i think mike servetio might be Cervetio's going, going down there. tanwald yeah. was trying i'm not sure if he's able to it's a it's a challence with these editors as i said before but these yeah these, these writers we still have are uh there is nobody dedicated just, just watch yeah, that yeah. thing behind you um they uh there is no philadelphia union reporter who has been to every single playoff game <laughs> because the second leg, so the first leg in Houston in 2011, we were all there. The second leg, I think Vito was the only one who went down. Right? Yeah, I watched that at Judah Levine's apartment in Philly. <laughs> Both our dogs was were I there. with you? I don't no, know if I was. I got some Han Dynasty. I brought it over. Oh, handy nasty. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, you're feeling that the next day. That was the Mwanga McInerney starting together for the first time. Yeah, where they just threw a bunch of dudes on the field together, and they threw like three attackers on the field together, and they lost one nothing. But yeah, because I. I was at 2011, the first one. I was in Toronto. I was the only person in Toronto, me and Fadul. And then I, I was off the beat. You and I were off the beat in 2018. For 2016, so. you were the only one there? In Toronto, yeah. And 2018? Uh, yeah, we weren't. Yeah. You and I were done at that point. We were done, though. I was probably I was doing Sixers by that point. But 
Well, listen, uh, it's good. We have a traveling media contingent. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, not, Tan- it's, it's not they did not. The, I don't the, know. If, I don't know if he's able to. He was trying to. It's, no, it's, not, it's, it's not that expensive to go there and back. He I, said that the Inquirer didn't, didn't quote, couldn't find room in the budget to right, send him. Which out. is, I mean, come but on. But we could send Sam, Sam Carcitti to Prague. And how know, many from, guys are in, like, I know the Eagles are huge. I'm not comparing it. So don't. I'm bit, I mean, but no, how it, many guys are in Dallas to write like one story? Like you send Tannehill to Atlanta, you get like a full slate of things, and you know he's, oh he's the only one yeah. there. You get four, fourteen and, stories out of it. And I know yeah. from I know for a fact the AP doesn't cover full MLS playoff games until the conference finals, which is something I learned when yeah. I when I asked Dan Gelson if I could yeah. cover this game for the, for the AP. Shout out to a uh, long long suffering Union fan, Dan <laughs> Dan Gelson. Yeah. He um, was actually doing some like retweets and uh, was he being sarcastic? I, 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 I mean, because he started, he finally started following me on Twitter because we know, I, we know each other through the Sixers now. I like Kelston. I felt, Elston, so I felt I mean, like saying to him, like you know, like all my, like I do a lot of soccer, <laughs> like yeah, because uh, he's, he's like, probably got me muted. He's, he's I mean. a soccer hater, I guess, but kind of in a funny way, and not like in a mean spirited way. So yeah, I, yeah. I but he's to... a NASCAR guy, right? Yeah. So he yeah. just watches yeah, people yeah, make yeah, a left turn. I mean, yeah, we can make fun of him for that. Um. So what? I mean, what do you think about Atlanta? Like, give me a prediction. Oh man, I mean, I, I'm I'm torn between those two narratives. My brain says they're they're gonna lose, uh, but I mean, I'm a sucker for the upset, the underdog thing, even though you don't like it. So let's say uh, let's say two one Union win. What do two I have to lose? Union. I think I think two one Atlanta. I just I just I mean that's a hard turnaround, dude. I mean to go from so, so you go on regeneration day flight Wednesday I just don't think I think that's a, this is a game where they like run out of steam around like minute 75 or something Possibly, like that I yeah. just I, like I just I don't want it. it it's 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 crappy to think that that could possibly be how it ends but that's just what my gut is telling me right now I mean it's it's not a bad way to end so. um okay do we have questions yeah do we have questions we do have questions but I have two segments to get to before that um let's do you want to do mean mean crossing broad comments of course because I wrote a column I barfed out I was a machine when I got back on Monday man I got the I did an eagle story I did another eagle story then I just barfed out this union column off the top of my head and howard eskin super bowl ring i did a howard eskin super bowl ring story today it's probably my either my <laughs> either my finest moment or my worst what was moment. the traffic don't even tell me how much better was the traffic for a howard eskin story to a, to your union story um <laughs> oh it's a union story oh my god probably like 700 <laughs> percent. it was 400 percent better than our regular traffic so i don't know people just like reading about that stuff but uh yeah anyway uh howard eskin did not purchase his own super bowl ring he was given yeah given one by the team so okay um so mikey miss was wrong or uh, i didn't follow mike, this whole thing well so here's what so here's what happened um Mike accused Howard of buying his own Super Bowl ring and wearing it. But what happened was that the entire broadcast team, uh, Merrill Reese, Mike Quick, Howard, and their producer, this guy named Joe, the team wanted to take care of everybody. So they got all the broadcast team rings. But what happened was that Howard bought another ring separately, and he gave that out as a gift. Okay. So he did buy he did buy his own Super Bowl ring, but he also got one from the team as well. So um, okay, so yeah, mean that's mean bigger than MLS playoffs. Mean crossing broad uh, soccer comments. These are I can't get on the comments for some reason, so I'm to go, I went to the Facebook comments, which are just as mean. Harry Slater says, "Nope, still don't give a shit about soccer. Uh, they could win the Stanley Lombardi Cup trophy or whatever it is like nine times in a row, and people who don't give a shit still won't." Source. Philadelphia Wings, Philadelphia Soul. 
Uh, that's Harry's take. Uh, Ronnie. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I was trying to say before. It's not equivalent to like the wings or the soul or like any, any other minor. Like if you were there in the stadium, you would see that. Like no offense to the other teams, but it's a lot closer to to the Flyers and even the Sixers in terms of like the environment than anything else in the city. So that that drives me crazy. Ronnie, screw D- you, man. Yeah, screw you, Harry. <laughs> Ronnie Diesel says nobody cares. It's the Chester Union. Okay. Mark Mark J. Terrero says, lol, lol, who cares? Uh, Randy Ruiz. On, that, like, why even comment? Like, come up with something better than who cares? Randy Ruiz says, who? Question mark. Uh, that's a that's an old that's an old timer. Christopher Michael says, what is soccer? Oh, that's he's just not smart. And some other guy, like on an earlier post, said, it's not a sport; it's an activity. It's something that you do. Like, I don't even understand those takes at all. Like, is it's that a not sport? A, it's not that's a sport. Like, these fat fucks would fall over dead if they tried like <laughs> ten seconds of of, of uh, running back and forth on the field. So that was mean crossing broad soccer comments. That um, was not. I mean, those are the comments I heard like eight years ago when I first started covering this team. Like, come on. Comments haven't evolved that much, have they? So the last time you uh, you did a podcast, you are on the phone, and I introduced the words that end in the letter A um, segment to you. I don't think you really got it. Um, I still don't. You still don't? So, like, when you watch uh, the British do a soccer game, right? Like, they have this thing. They do this uh, thing. It's called the intrusive R, right? And they, they words that end in the letter A, they pronounce it like an ER for some reason. You know, but you hear this in, like, New England, too. You hear it in New York, you know? Like, yeah. uh you know, Paul, Paul Pogber. So you gotta, I'm going to give you clues and you gotta, um, you gotta act like you like this segment. I can't, you can't act like you like I'm, it. I'm so tired. You're so tired that you can't do it. <laughs> All right. I'll, yeah. We're going to try it anyway. I'll try. Okay. So this is a, a car, an electric car that you drive. It's also the name of a hair band. Oh, uh, it's a Tesla. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I put this on the the nachos that I ate earlier. Cheese or no? It has to end in the letter. <laughs> Gouda. <laughs> Gouda. No, no, but that's a good one. It was yeah. actually uh, salser. Oh, there you go. Gouda. Gouda. <laughs> that would not work on nachos. <laughs> sounds disgusting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, in Saudi Arabia, there's two cities that are considered holy. Uh, in the Muslim faith, uh, Medina is one of them. The other one is this. Oh, shit. You're making me look dumb. I have a pen degree. It's terrible. Oh, I'll give you another clue. It's like you would say that this is like the center of uh, this is a really important place. Like it's the um, uh, like Madison Square Garden is the what of sports arenas. Oh, OK. The Mecca. Mecker, it, it's Mecca. the Mecker. Mecker. Yes, it's the <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this is a town in Delaware County, and uh, it's also what you and I are a part of. Podcast. The Meteor. We're <laughs> part of the Meteor. That makes more sense. All right, this is something you smoke. It's a. That's another name for marijuana. Um, Starts with a G. Was it in half baked? Uh, they actually don't say the word in half baked. I don't think. Starts with G, and it's not Gouda. It's the Gonger. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for half-assing your way through that segment. <laughs> I appreciate it. Dave Zeiland, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right, let's get to questions. And do other guests so. do it better? Yeah. Yeah. Russ, do it? Russ does a great job. Kareth was here. Kareth 
was sitting in that very chair and he like got really into it man he's like he was giving me lady gog gogger uh he said did tanimal do it orker did, did george do it i didn't even fucking try with john yeah. <laughs> come on man that did george did but he was kind of like you yeah, i think he thought it was corny but uh maybe we'll do a survey at the end of the season I'll do like a like a you know a questionnaire for always soccer listeners, and I'll say, do you like the following segments? Yeah, crossing broad comments. I think trivia is good. I just Whatever, uh, I know. choke under pressure. It's all right. It's all right. It's it's not for everybody. I think I'm so. not like Marco Fabian with the greatest goal in Union <laughs> yeah. history yeah, to right, silence right. all critics forever. That's right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do some uh, uh, questions, comments, and concerns. There, uh, Rick McGovern, a friend of the program, says, should the Philadelphia Union have to reimburse me for Fang? ruining my hat what what did fang do what did he do i don't know i didn't, I didn't Rick, get that give us more details or replace the hat um he also says will marisa do make it back for the atlanta game he's still questionable yeah he's i i'm i haven't we'll got matt ask him at uh <laughs> pre-game availability <laughs> uh congrats to maurice by the way on the birth of his uh child and for being a great uh, and for doing a good job at the bleacher yeah. report tv or whatever they call it um, you see a union hulk as a question Oh, does he? I can save that for the end. Uh, I'm just going down the list here. How about a good on list on C Union Hall? Oh, there's a big block of text in capital letters. Right? I see it here. I see it here. Um, EJ McGrogan says, will you spend all day at the airport for us on Thursday? Just in case that was a good luck charm. I'm doing my part. I'm just I'm just gonna watch Comcast test pattern for two. <laughs> yeah, if go you back, if you couldn't yeah, get the back game to Oklahoma and you were watching bars, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll replicate. You think you'd be able to like reenact that exact scenario of flying to Oklahoma, trying to fly back, having the person say, "Did you fly here?" And then, How about this? I'll drive up to Trenton and I'll just sit in like the little restaurant that they have in the Trenton airport, and then I'll just like I'll watch the game there, okay. and then I'll drive back to fly yeah. about that. Um, Eric says, uh, is American Airlines the uh, FC Cincinnati of airlines? Yeah, it is. Last place, terrible. Can't <laughs> can't do anything right. It's pretty uh, pretty accurate. Uh, Matt Thornton says, will kickoff actually be at 8 o'clock? Right at 8 o'clock? Are we supposed to know this? It'll uh, probably be a few minutes after it. Right? Hang on, know. let me call Tannenwald. <laughs> beep, beep, boop, boop. Oh, this is from uh, Union Hulk. Okay. Um, Union Hulk says, and this is all in capital letters, by the way. One time, Hulky went to Six Flags Great Adventure and person on roller coaster threw up, and the roller coaster kept going. Hulky tried to enjoy the ride and avoid the chunky, chunky corn barf that asshole was puking up everywhere. Uh, that's what Hulky, Hulky had the same feeling watching the Philadelphia Union versus the New York Red Bulls. What? So he said the experience, I think it's to say he was like, ner- maybe he's saying he was nervous, but this guy barfed in front of him. I thought um, maybe the feeling of of like avoiding the corn barf was just as like yeah just a, just as incredible well, as watching the union win it could be game. you never i mean listen with um with union hulk you never know right uh richard says please clarify the charter flights i will effort that information i will present it on twitter tomorrow um Richard with a second question says, did you miss me? Um, how important is it for Casper to play in this game? God. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is he, uh, he's still, he's questionable. He's going to make the trip, right? He's, so what are you trying? So what, what do you, uh, it sounds like, pro- I don't know. We were talking about this a little, it sounds like an injury that might keep him out for the season. If it's some kind of like, what is it? Like a turf toe or like a Liz Frank type thing something or something. Or yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. When I saw the picture of him in the boot, like the night yeah. before the game that somebody sent me on Twitter, I was like, Oh shit, that's not going to work. Yeah. I think it might be like a misdirect saying he's questionable, bringing him with 
them and just kind of a yeah yeah but a little, I, a I guess gamesmanship he, i guess he doesn't play um will fabian be back next year no i can't imagine right. is he happy he doesn't does he seem happy to you just for like body language wise like we he usually have a like pretty good sh- sense of that i don't know i uh, it kind of seems like he's checked out yeah um, a little posted, bit posted Even- something on Somebody said he was out of there like really early last night. Like he just got his or the other night, just got it packed his shit and yeah, took off. Yeah, he probably won't be back. Um, Taylor asked also about the Bedoya and uh, Shabilko injuries. Um, also over under on how many times Kevin uses the term shuttler or double pivot in the pod. He set the over under at four. <laughs> well, it's it, under because uh, that was the first time I said it, so that was two. Yeah. Um, but uh, shuttler, 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 shuttler. So now we hit the over. Shit. Um, David Bennett says Gaddis was so close to scoring it's gonna happen. I can feel it. That would, that would be an amazing storyline. Ray Gaddis. I would have to write an article just for myself. Stop it, Ray Gaddis scores Stop the winner. Send him to conference finals. <laughs> his first MLS goal. Or they get to the oh MLS Cup and he scores the game winning goal. Oh there. man, from fifty yards out. Yeah, yeah. Chips the goalie. Yeah, or he or he scores like an Olympico or something. <laughs> Madunian is injured, so Gaddis has to go to the corner. <laughs> he has to take the set piece, and he just curls it right in. Yeah. He's over, due. Uh, Ray Gaddis is due. Over the goalkeeper's head. Uh, Giants Dumpster Fire says, why do you think we are so poor in the first half of matches? They're just hustling them. They're just what? They were just hustling them. Oh, they were hustling them? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know it's that they're that poor in the first half. I think they're just really, really good in the second half. Um yeah, they, they weren't really able to come out. And like It was kind of a track meet early in that game. It was just back and forth and back and forth. I'm like, wow, this, yeah. there's no way this pace can continue. Yeah, for the, yeah, the Red Bulls just like threw everything they had, it seemed like. and then Tried to make it like real yeah. chaotic. Yeah. yeah, and then in the second half, you're looking at the Red Bulls lineup. I'm like, who? there's no one really that threatening to like score anymore. Yeah, a stretched game just doesn't – you know, it's like <clears throat> a stretched game does not benefit the Union because they're better when – Madunian can just sort of sit there and like knock the ball around and kind of like calm things down or whatever. And they did that in the second half. But I was like, holy shit, I, you know, like Red Bulls had it, had them for 45 minutes, but then they just kind of ran out of steam there at the end, you know? Um, Joe House says, since you didn't last time, uh, now you have to spend two hours breaking down Casper's foot injury. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell. I don't even know what the hell it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're I'm not so, sorry. We're not beat reporters. I don't, yeah, I don't even know what the hell is it. Yeah, um, I'm trying, man. It's it's hard to. <laughs> I have to do prep for this podcast now. I used to just like. Oh, I used to just turn the microphone on to start talking. That's what we did today. Because you're, li- you're living it. You know? We're living it. We're living a dream. And we could share cool stories and stuff. Um, uh, Corey, Bur- he says Corey Burke may be back in the USA this weekend. Just saying. Uh oh. I don't Bring want Corey, back. I don't want Corey Burke anywhere near this team. Why? He hasn't been with them in <laughs> f- how many months? Yeah, but they're running out of strikers. Oh, <laughs> they're at the start mean, booting. I would start. Well, if Shabilko can't go, I just I'll do the same damn thing I did last game. Yeah, just bring Faf off the bench again. Yeah, Santos and Vooten. Um If Bedoya can't go, I mean, do you, would you go? I this would guy, go. Fa- I would go Fabian. Well, this guy made a comment that the hot take is uh, Vuden starting over Fafa was actually brilliant because his big body wore down the center backs and Fafa's quick quick feet were a better use late game, which is a good take. It's true. I mean, yeah, you you have to go up against. I mean, if you're you know two center backs, you got two that's guys. That's Pretzel that Life who said with. that. So props. Yeah, and Santos is kind of like. Uh, you know, running your ragged and like trying to tire you out. Of course, then when you got somebody like Pico coming in and, and El Senio too, I mean, that's not something you want to see where those guys are running at you with space after you've been dealing with a bigger body guy for, for most of the time. Yeah, there's, de- there's definitely something to take. That's a good, that is a good take. 
Wow. I from the uh, from the pretzel life. This guy needs more than uh, 140 followers. Love to get him on the podcast. Um, so what? So what do you what do you do if uh, Bedoya can't go? Um, he'll he'll play, right? I mean, why? You think there's a chance he won't play? It's for purposes of uh, the podcast. Hypothetical. Just, yeah. Um, so I mean, we'd still do Montero, Harris, Aronson. Would you just plug in Craval? You think or? Well, that's really the question, isn't yeah. it? Do you, do you go Craval for defense, or do you play Fabian at the like the tip of the diamond, and you have uh, Montero yeah. and you have um, uh, Montero and Aronson be the shuttlers? Yeah, yeah. So the choices are Fabian or Craval. Uh, that that's an interesting one. I, I guess it depends how you want to play. I think smart money would say to play Craval since since you're on the road in Atlanta just to kind of contain them. But I mean, you don't want to also. You do want to take some risks if you are playing with house money. It's and tough, Fabian is—I mean, Fabian is a legit player, so I'd probably go with Fabian. It, it is kind of crazy if you boil it down and you take tactics out of the equation and you take like the 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 um the context of the importance of the game out of the situation. I was just telling you in a vacuum, like to pick between Marco, or Marco, Fabian. Marco Fabian, yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it is kind of funny. I, yeah, just go with Fabian. He's the most yeah. expensive player ever. Like yeah. you're, he's here for a reason. Well, I just think it makes the most sense because again, you're if if you are, you know, if 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 we think if if the assumption is that they're going to play three five two, like play a three man back line, or even if they do play a four man back line, and you have Gonzalez Perez next to somebody somebody else who I don't even know who the hell you put back there, like a Lorenowitz or something like that. Um. I still think two strikers to kind of stress whatever they decide to do and as a weakened defensive core probably makes the most sense. Cause otherwise yeah. like you're what, you're just running like one of you try running Santos up there by himself to start, but yeah. then like Vooten off the bench. Does it, that doesn't really do. Yeah. You don't want it. Yeah. Much for anybody at this point. Yeah. They're know? probably gonna do something similar to what they did for the, for the playoff win. Curtin won't, won't change too much. Um, let's see if I got anything else on here. I don't think, I see I the do. amount Rushmore from Shane Lorch, the oh, Mount Rushmore of Union players: Latou, Ali, Carroll, and who's the fourth? Is oh, Carroll, fourth is Carroll really on the list? I guess he has uh, to be. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd put him on there. If we're going on longevity, throwing in Carroll, I guess you got to throw in Ray Gaddis too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's really a Mount Rushmore type Special guy. Latou, Alejandro Bedoyev. Um, yeah, God, who would be? Who also would be the next best? I mean, it's, it's tough. There's there's been a lot of like. Pretty good guys early. I mean, it again. This Kane is and a, Williams. This is a weird thing where you say like, "Am I gonna go um, players who played like the best and the longest for the yeah. union, or just the the players who had like the best pedigree overall, who also happened yeah. to be here?" Because you could put you could put like Barnett. Barnetto, yeah, list. I was thinking Barnetta. He could be there. I yeah. mean, Blake. Besides from Andre Blake, kind of has a bad taste in our mouth right now, but Blake's up there. If uh, Nogara stayed here for a couple more seasons, maybe you could put him up there. Yeah. But uh, Marisa but, do would have would have been up there. But Bedoya really has like secured that spot. I mean, he wasn't always that way, but just he's really, yeah. But we got um, five minutes left. If you have anything to uh, that we want to, oh, is there a time limit add here? Uh, no, no. Have, I just you got to um, put your baby to bed. Put, yeah, we got to put Cammy to bed. I um, Union may have the best bench in MLS. Change my mind, says Nick Econ. Uh, 
not get, yeah. Well, I mean, what we said before, those three offensive subs of uh, Fafa, Fabian, and Elsinio is the best they, they've ever had. So. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I can't. I don't. I couldn't give you a better bench in in MLS. Um, I think somebody told me. I don't think they asked it in question form, but somebody asked me to tell the Mark Narducci and Peter Novak story. Um, do you did we ever tell that story on uh, Narducci? The Narducci and Peter Novak oh, shouting like, shouting match like, in the hallway. Yeah, like Novak or? said, like talking to you is like going to the dentist or something. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he say that? I think he did. Um, so I'll I'll tell. I don't know if we told it on another episode a couple years ago, but I'll I'll tell it again just to um to fit to put a bow on this guy. Um, so yeah, it was 2012. Mark Narducci from Philadelphia Inquirer, who who is going to be doing Sixers this year, actually, I think exclusively. Um, he asked, it was when they traded Latou to Vancouver. Vancouver was coming back to town. And he just asked him like a totally innocuous question in the press conference. Like, what do you think about Sebastian coming back? And Peter, for some reason, thought it was a bogus question. Like, you know, he doesn't play here anymore. Like, what What do you mean? Like, what kind of uh, reaction yeah. do you right, think he's right. going to get? Or what kind of, like, reception from the crowd or something like that? I think that was the question. That, would, uh, that, that makes sense. And Peter, like, Peter was really sensitive about that. Yeah, and they kind of, like, argued about it. Or they didn't argue about it, like, there. But, like, uh, as soon as – he didn't answer the question. He thought it was dumb. And then as soon as the press conference ended, like, Peter got up and he said something to Narducci, like, that was a bullshit question or a bullshit topic or something like that. And Mark got up and followed him out of the yeah. followed him out of the room. I remember and he went out the, to the hallway. The hallway yeah. I remember the hallway, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, poked my head out. And I'm like – I never really going at it for a pretty long time. I just remember hearing Mark say, like, this is something that my readers want to know. This is, like, an interesting topic to them. Like, yeah. you traded, was like, I'm you doing traded the franchise friggin' best player, and, like, people want to know what they think the reaction and the reception is going to be like when he comes back, you know? But I was impressed. I mean, I, I, I gained a lot of respect for Mark. Not that I, not that I needed yeah. to, but, like, I was like, oh, it's a side of him that – like I never saw, because Narducci's like the nicest, nicest dude on the planet, you know. Yeah. And he's very like laid back and he's very relaxed, but like he wasn't gonna back down from Peter Novak's bullshit during that thing. Yeah, know? and yeah, I mean, I remember the Chris Vito thing even more with the impact at the Freddie Adu conference. That was uh, <laughs> that's the most famous Peter Novak crazy the moment. Most famous one. Yeah, but I, I wrote that in the column too. I'm just like when you think about like everything that this franchise has been through, man, I just picked 10 bogus moments off the top of my head. I could have went oh, back shit. and listened to the podcast. I gotta read that column. I haven't read it yet. The, it sorry. was okay. It was no, okay. No, that, that's a good idea. But it's like people, yeah, like you forget these things. I mean, it seems so long ago now that but we did the, the top, the, the, the top days, the and, top 25 moments in Philadelphia union history. You and Matt were sitting down here on my couch, like writing out all this crazy yeah. bo- bogus shit that happened. Like it's a lot. Think, think about like, like how, you know all the all the crap that happened to this franchise yeah. back in the day for them to like yeah, be crazy. playing in front of that that crowd yeah and, and then when we and then like even more recently when we started this podcast they were like just pretty average for a couple straight years like yeah. they were like weren't there's, there wasn't that much drama but they weren't bad they weren't great they're were just an average we team. got the and 2016 we, like, we got the first part yeah. of 2016 when they were yeah. good but then it kind of like they right. were shitty at the end of that. Remember? So like, yeah. I feel like we're saying the same stuff every week. Thanks for yeah. listening, though. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we appreciate. But it. Uh, I did want to come for this, uh, even though I don't really cover the team anymore. No, nah, man, uh, as it should be. And if you're least. still listening to this podcast, let me know where you're watching the game on Thursday night because I might try to try to be one of the fans at a sports bar somewhere. But well, there you go. You heard it right there. I don't want to go to like one of the main union. Uh, places that they're doing it. So if you're watching a game in like so you're South Philly or, or Center City or somewhere, just let me know. <laughs> well, you heard it there. You heard it there. Philadelphia Union, man. <laughs> first, 
very first win, in, playoff win in franchise history. It took 10 years, but it finally happened, man. It happened. I Do you believe, believe it? it? I can't believe it. Uh, I, not, I'm knocking on wood. I'm grab. I'm feeling things phys- <laughs> I'm physically here. I'm not dreaming. I'm, I'm pinching myself. We're all here. And uh, real. we'll see. Maybe uh, the next podcast that we do, we will be talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. If you need to win the MLS Cup, I'll probably come back to Fishtown, even if it's raining. That's again. right, because then it would be a good <laughs> luck job. And I will go to the Trenton Airport, and I'll find a way to get stuck on the tarmac. But until then, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Episode number 95, it's always soccer in Philadelphia, especially when Philadelphia Union are winning in the playoffs. Yes. Dupe. Playoffs.